Stay put. Don't go anywhere till I get back. Understand me? Nice. Monday, December 24th, 2018, and you know what that means. That's right. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. You are tuned into Season 2, Episode 50 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. Presented by Hameen Media. And now in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, we're talking Impact, AEWROH, NJPW, and of course some WWE. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, Facebook Hitting the Marks, Twitch.tv backslash Hitting the Marks, and email us at Hitting the Marks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, but give it up for my tag team partner, Back from the Dead, RBV. Rick, welcome back to both of your shows as we are simulcasting for the Monday Locker Room. It's me, it's me. It's that order of the feet of the feet. Rick Vickery coming coming down again, I guess. Uh, what, a, what another whirlwind weekend in the world of professional wrestling. Man, we've got a crazy, crazy show. We're going to try to hit on a little bit of everything today. But, Rick, we got to start off with your weekend because, of course, Hitting the Marks is running a little bit late this weekend. Not only is Rick, you know, basically half dead with this wicked cold that he's had going on, but you also had two big shows this weekend there in Ohio. Yeah, I had an absolute, you know, an honor, a pleasure to to take in some tremendous action from Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. just loaded top to bottom with, you know, international stars. So, you know, right here in, in Ohio, some of our, our fine local talent. I mean, we're talking stars like the Bullet Clubs, Chase Owens. We're talking about Brian Pillman Jr. 
You got well, uh, Hooks, the man out there, man. Watching Hooks promos is a lot of fun. I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, great talent. He actually uh, he got involved through HWA back in the day as a, a fan, just going to the shows. Uh, then, you know, just kind of slowly earning uh, respect and trust. Started working ring crews and started ring announcing. And, and all these years later, you know, he's uh, he's becoming one of the, the, I guess, you know, the heart and soul of a very fine promotion here. In Southern Ohio, uh, he goes out there each and every time, gives it his all, beloved by the fans, uh, just a great passion for pro wrestling. But as you were mentioning there, you know, Chase Owens, Brian Pillman, Rory McAllister, Adam Rose, who will pull double duty, Adam Rose one night, Leo Kruger the next, uh, Angelina Love, so many top names were in, uh, but we had a little bit of a situation surrounding uh, the world title, which you were asking me before we went on the air here. Uh, quite confusing. Going into Friday night, got on the border, did not have a champion, didn't even have a champion or a championship because one Johnny Knockout walked out on the promotion and in doing so has yet to return uh, the, the actual heavyweight championship. So they had to you know, play a little makeshift. Uh, we crowned a new champion on Friday, Chase Owens. He was going to turn around on Saturday in a mega main event and defend against Brian Pillman Jr. That match gets gets disrupted as the marquee players of the top heel factions in uh, Battle on the Border. Um, they inserted themselves into the match, causing uh, a, a DQ, a no contest, something like that. But then their leader, Brandon Xavier, comes in and, and uses his golden ticket, essentially the Battle on the Borders version of Money in the Bank, and, and he steals the championship. Uh, so we have a new champion there. Absolute insanity going on at Battle of the Border there in Ohio. If you're not following them, you should check them out. Just search Battle on the Border on Facebook. Huckleberry, we've got a lot of other news that I want to get to today as well. Man, Brian Pillman Jr. and Chase Owens. I bet you that was a hell of a match. A uh, tremendous match. Tremendous outing. And, you know, both both nights, uh, especially from Pillman, he took on Adam Rose in night one in Addison, Ohio. Uh, that there was was another great match. You know, I'm seeing a lot of talk about breakout star of the year right now. And uh, I would like to throw Brian Pillman Jr. into that uh, hat. I've been, I've been watching a lot of MLW as of late. I has, was actually asking you before we recorded here if you had seen the other night's episode because I knew that you were busy all weekend. But Brian Pillman Jr. featured very, very heavily on this week's episode of MLW. He's coming along very, very well. I really like what they're doing with the Hart Foundation with him and Teddy Hart and Davey Boy Smith Jr. It's going to be really exciting to see just where he goes. But you know, there's one thing about him that absolutely stands out to me. And he does it exactly the way that his dad did. And I've never seen anybody else do it like this. And it's the way that he hits the ropes. He hits the ropes so damn aggressively. Have you noticed yeah, that? I, I have, you know, an absolute uh, tremendous talent, you know, sitting there getting to see him this weekend. Kind of sit back and just think, you know, he hasn't been in the game all that long and how far he's already come. Yeah, he's, he's going to be an exciting star to watch rise over the course of the next uh, couple of years. Speaking of, let's start with the biggest star in the world.
really good there. You can go to the kind of maybe routes that people were up. Well, you know, and then I, you know, I was wondering, was she, she going to be able to pull double duty? Will they use her as some kind of surprise? Because in, in putting her in a match at the Rumble, you know, if you've mentioned this countless times, you really run the risk of, you know, Charlotte getting that Roman Reigns treatment. Oh, absolutely. Well, long story short, WWE realized that's not a good idea and it has been pulled. We are not doing Becky Lynch versus Asuka at the Royal Rumble for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. At least not yet. I was going to say, is it maybe something that because everything's been taped out, right? Well, I mean, it, only for this week. Right. So maybe they wanted to announce it this week. Oh, I see what you're saying. Are, are we getting are we going to run the angle Tuesday, Christmas night? And they went ahead and they just kind of, uh, you know, a snap through on their part and ran it during uh, the main event. Terrible, terrible idea. I, I, I wonder if maybe that was that was the plan like months ago, because isn't main event taped like six weeks out or something like that? Uh, I was still under the impression that they did those before the shows each each time out. You know, it's funny because the number one comment that I've seen about this story is, holy shit, main event still exists? <laughs> like you said, it's it's pretty hard to find it. You've got Hulu and the international market. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the only way that you can find main event. If you want main event, you got to watch Hulu. Uh, speaking of uh, weird ways to watch things, Rick. Uh, we have this Impact Wrestling story that is uh, coming out here. Impact Wrestling moving to Pursuit HD. Uh, this It turns out this is basically a hunting channel. I, I was going to say, uh, did you have any numbers on you know, how many households? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. You know me all too well, Huckleberry. Well, this is a big step backwards for Impact Wrestling. If you could go backwards from Pop TV. Pop TV reaches approximately 70 million homes nationwide. Pursuit HD reaches approximately 40 million homes nationwide. Wow, what a significant cut in your potential viewership. Uh, de- do we get details? You know, again, are so so busy. Uh, you know, with the with the indie shows, things like that. I, I wasn't able to really dive into this story. Um, well, no matter how you slice this story, this is not a good story. Well, I mean, what's the financial? I mean, and, and does this allow opportunity for them to expand elsewhere yes. through some different platforms? Yes, it does. This is basically they're in a holding pattern. This is kind of like what Destination America was, where they can still shop and, and see where they want to f- eventually end up. This network, Pursuit HD, is owned in part by Anthem. They're not going to okay. make anything off of this. This is just a holding pattern. This is, at least right now, just to secure that they still have a platform. Yep. uh, Through traditional cable. Yep. But I don't know where they're going to come up with any sort of revenue in the meantime, because God knows what this is going to do to their viewership. And there's also, my understanding is this is not going to be released on any digital platforms. Like it's not going to be on Fight TV or anything like that. This is an exclusive. Well, that's why I was curious. I was curious if it would allow them to go somewhere else, you know, to to try to, you know, get up a, a deal through a streaming service. They're still trying to secure other distribution rights is basically what it comes down to. 
but I, I just don't see who's going to give them distribution rights at this point. Yeah. And, and you got to think, you know, with the, with the market, the way that it is right now, it's, it's just going to get more difficult as, as time goes by, they, they're really going to have to, to be quick to make a move, which really surprised me, you know, when they went out to that third party, uh, to kind of help in the negotiation process that they did. So it seems so late in the game, you know, it was like their contract was getting ready to expire. And then they started with this third party group to, to help in these negotiations only like a month out. I mean, to me, you look at someone, you know, the big boys in WWE, they're getting their deals done, you know, well over a year in advance. Yeah. I mean, they just signed a five-year deal. Yeah, and that they signed that. I mean, how long have we known about that? Oh, we've I mean, known about it for at least two years. Right. I mean, by the time it finally takes effect, it'll be two years. Right. So where it seems you know, where impact is, is behind the ball there is they're trying to get things done in 30 to 60 days where you look at other promotions of WWE and, they're, and they've got two years under their belt. And now they find themselves kind of in the same situation that Ring of Honor is, where they're on their owner's network, so you're not pulling any sort of syndication fee. I think this is a big step backwards for Impact. This is a big risk, and I just don't see how it pays off. What are what's some of the bigger Anthem networks that they're involved with? I'm not sure. I would have to look that up. Maybe we'll uh, get that information for you next week on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Well, I was podcast. just going to say, you know, yeah, how much faith do they have if they're putting you on pursuit? Right. Yeah. That's 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 kind of like ending up on the tennis channel for a Sinclair. Right. And I don't know the full extent to, you know, their investment in television and all that. I know they've got their hands in, you know, multiple industries. So, you know, maybe that maybe that is a best a better option for them. And then we have this story, Rick, and this just boggles my mind. Uh, of course, we have Impact Homecoming coming up here uh, January 6th, I want to say that it is. Yes. And, and I was looking, and Homecoming, the price point for this thing, Rick, is $40 on Fight TV. 40 freaking dollars. For $20, I'm going to get Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash, TakeOver Blackpool, TakeOver Phoenix, and the Royal Rumble, and they want me to pay $40 for Homecoming? Yeah, they're kind of pricing themselves out of the market there. That doesn't make any sense to me. Just baffling. I mean, is, is there even room for a $40 pay-per-view in the modern day era, in, in this era of streaming and streaming services? I mean, you have New Japan World, you have Honor Club, you have WWE Network, you have, for six ninety nine, I can get Stardom. I mean, what in the hell? What makes them think I'm going to pay $40 for a pay-per-view? Well, you've, you've got to even look at it. How many times do they go to the well for these these pay-per-views a year? What, what are we getting, three or four? Yeah, something like that. Basically, your big ones, you bound for glory. That one's that one was 40 bucks. Yeah, I will say, you know, we've got this homecoming. Slammiversary. Slammiversary, bound for glory. And I think there was another one in there uh, that they, when they replaced. Um, when they replaced their, Lockdown. Yes, they replaced lockdown with something. I think that was uh, one of those big ticket redemption, items. wasn't it? That's it, redemption. But you, I mean, for professional wrestling, the traditional pay per view outlet, uh, it's just non-existent anymore. And, and you're pricing yourself right out of the market, trying, you know, trying to go to that well. 
I mean, you're, you're, you're cutting your footprint, you're losing viewers left and right, and then you come at them with a $40 pay-per-view. And like I said, I, there's six shows coming up in January that I can watch for 20 bucks. Yeah, I mean, and there's so much, there's so many big events, so much hot wrestling going on right now that it, it's, it, you really have to, it, it's hard to make sense of spending $40. What do they get on a, on a UFC pay-per-view now? Is it still in that price range? Oh, I think it's it higher like, than that for for a big fight like six, anyway. Like sixty bucks. Did you see that moving that John Jones fight? I did see that. The hell is that all about? UFC is just becoming a mess. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about AEW. Uh, of course, that stands for All Elite Wrestling. For those of uh, our listeners who aren't following the elite, what is wrong with you? But Rick, it, it seems as though there, there is some tension and it is on the rise. Uh, I am hearing some backstage reports that, you know, while the Young Bucks and Cody and Hangman and everybody's pretending like this thing was amicable, this split, there is some real hard feelings going on with Ring of Honor right now. Well, when you, when you get down to a situation like this, I mean, look what Ring of Honor is losing, star-wise. Uh, and just from that angle, you can, and now you're going to open up. That's going to be major competition for Ring of Honor. And we've talked about this multiple times. What, what is their role going forward uh, in the landscape to, of this upper echelon of independent? If you want, oh, I guess you still want to call them the indies, but, you know, that, that second tier for professional wrestling, you, you've got the potential of uh, the elite with their own promotion. You've got MLW so hot on the rise. You've got New Japan, you know, with their Westward expansion. And if we're sitting here looking at all these other promotions growing, and Ring of Honor has just become rather stagnant. It's, it's fascinating to me because I know Ring of Honor had a lot to do with All In and helping the elite figure out how in the hell to do this as far as like securing the arena the staging etc stuff like that real technical stuff that of course none of us really know how to do how do you secure the Sears Center it's not like you just call them up and be like hey I got this open date you know Um, so Ring of Honor was involved very very heavily at least at that level with all and do you suppose they're feeling like hey we helped you out with this in good faith and now you're basically going to turn around and try to put us out of business well we knew from the get-go uh with our you know our ties in the ring of honor they were it was a it was a big move by ring of honor to not really want any credit for their participation because you know all in was it was painted heavily as this is being run by the boys this this is all on them where we knew that wasn't the case uh it's just you're gonna need help it's it's natural and ring of honor was there you got to think maybe somewhere in the back of their mind there there might be a little bitterness there, but I think more so it's just, hey, it's a competitive nature of, of business. You know, professional wrestling or not, you got competition coming at you left and right. Hey, you got to kind of, uh, you know, buckle down and, you know, play dirty a little bit at times. Of course, we're going to have a lot more information on what's going on with the AEW over the course of the next couple of weeks, especially once we get out of New Year's Dash and we have some kind of idea what in the hell is going on there. But, Rick, you know, I something occurred to me. We keep hearing about all these Ring of Honor contracts. We're not necessarily hearing anything about, like, the Young Bucks contract with New Japan. Well, I, 
aren't those set to expire in January? Well, yeah, but I mean, we're we're not hearing talk we're talking about like it. we're not even hearing about negotiation. Yeah, we're not hearing anything about it. And so now I'm starting to wonder, you know, we have questioned for a very, very long time. What is Ring of Honor supplying to New Japan as part of this relationship? And a big part of that answer has been the elite. What if AEW and New Japan start working together and they just cut ROH out of this because the elite is really what New Japan is using? Well, and I think this kind of goes back to uh, Michael Melkor of the Gorilla Position. Uh, him and Ryan were discussing this, and everyone kind of just assumes that all elite wrestling w- would be the stereotypical promotion. What if they're just more of like a booking agency for other promotions? Hmm. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll come in. Obviously, we're going to keep our relationship with New Japan that's well established. They'll continue working there, but then they could, you know, Sign a deal with an impact where, you know what, you got us for a six month deal. We'll, we'll send you, you know, so, so, and so, and so. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, what if AEW only runs like three shows a year, four shows a year? I mean, that they, they're going to work other matches too. They could work New Japan and do all in, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know, and then. You know, they could send, um, you know, Hangman could do a stint down for six months for MLW under the All Elite banner. See, and this is where that really starts to get interesting, because now there is a report coming out that the Elite turned down seven-digit contract offers from WWE. Now, this is, does not include Hangman. Here, we're talking about the Bucks and Cody specifically. But seven digits, man, I mean... That's hard to say no to. And then, okay, yeah, I get that you're going to run your own shows. Yeah, you make a good chunk there. But what would it cost a company like MLW to bring Hangman in for six months? Does MLW have the budget for that? Well, what there could be some other circumstances that, that would have you know, forced their hand to turn down such, such an offer from WWE. You know, what was the length? What was the schedule? It, it might not be that they're so greedy they want more. It's just, you know, what was the, the flexibility and creative? You know, things that they are really, you know, holding close to them that, that, that they want to keep control of. And then I also saw a very, very interesting post from uh, Mr. Ryan. And, and that, all could, oh, that all could be for full of shit. <laughs> I, I saw a very interesting post from Ryan Barkin last night. Um, if you don't know that name, he's the owner of Pro Wrestling Tees. And he said that there is no plan for any new shirts to hit Hot Topic. I thought that was absolutely interesting. Is that through through the through the Bucks Company? I I think that's through killing the business. Okay, so well, then you know that was even that was leased out with the Bullet Club stuff, right? Right. Through partnership with New Japan. Yeah, so if that's going to be going away, then that makes sense. What the hell does that mean for pro wrestling tees? It's pretty much the Young Bucks and you know that group where we're keeping them afloat, weren't they? Yeah. Well, and that Hot Topic deal was pretty sweet, was my understanding. Too sweet, some would say. See what I did there? 
Um, the Young Bucks also confirming they will not be at Madison Square Garden. I don't think that necessarily surprised me and you, but it sure seemed to, to catch a lot of people off guard. Is this any big surprise? Uh, and again, if going back to if you're Ring of Honor, if you're bitter a little bit, you know, at this point, I, w- I would kind of be like, hey, guys, can you just stay quiet about this uh, until we get closer to it. I mean, we've already got a sell out there. So, I mean, the tickets are sold. Uh, that money is accounted for. But now Cody has confirmed he's not going to be there. The Bucks have confirmed that they're not going to be there. So, I mean, really, the only one that is still in question is Kenny. Because, of course, Kenny was never under ROH contract. That's exclusively a New Japan thing. And we'll, we'll talk about Kenny here in a little bit. Well, I need to have to think, too. I, I mean, there's a, there's a, a chance... I would think that you would tend to, to think the other way, but there is that chance that he's still walking around with their championship. I think Kenny's getting thrown out of the leap on New Year's Dash. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, let, let, some other happy news. Uh, Bandito chooses ROH over AEW. According to the Wrestling Observer, our good friend Dave Meltzer, Recent Ring of Honor signee Bandito was considering between ROH and still rumored All Elite Wrestling. AEW had apparently shown interest in Bandito, of course they have because he's phenomenal, but was unable to put anything on paper as they are not yet a real company. AEW's lack of television distribution was also cited as a reason for Bandito picking the Sinclair-owned Ring of Honor. Also, Bandito is interested in Ring of Honor's relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think this is going to be Ring of Honor's new uh, kind of stomping ground here where they basically become like NXT for New Japan. If you want to get into New Japan, you go through Ring of Honor if you're from North America. Well, you know, at this point, you know, all all great selling points that Ring of Ring of Honor is going to have to hammer home when when negotiating with any new potential talents, you know, is, hey, we're actually a company. Oh, we yeah. Have- Absolutely. Our parent company, our parent company has very deep pockets. We have television. You're going to be recognized by you know this North American, uh, the Western audience. And, but the big thing, and they're going to have to maintain that, as you said, is that relationship. Uh, that could be, you know, that could be a game changer for all elite. You know, once and if they get up and running, if they can secure that that working relationship with. With New Japan, and that goes for anyone because you, you got to think somewhere in there with, with Callus that that impacts wrestling would love to have a slice of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I all I'm gonna say is I want Bandito and best of the super juniors. Please, God Almighty, make that happen. I want Bandito and the best of the super juniors. Some other ROH contract news, also according to the observer, Christopher Daniels' future with ROH still very much up in the air. Daniels is scheduled to wrestle for Ring of Honor in January, despite his deal wrapping up at the end of 2018. The Observer is reporting Daniels currently has an open-ended program with the company, but is also scheduled for independent dates in 2019, which was prohibited under his last contract. There has also been interest in Daniels from the rumored All Elite Wrestling. I think there's interest in all of SCU, really, is what it comes down to. But, Rick, this is kind of what we were talking about with the whole Shane Taylor thing with him tearing up the contract. Yeah. How long? How much longer does uh, Kaz? Okay. 
Is Kaz on a, on a handshake right now? Or did he I think Kaz extension? is on a handshake. Scorpio is the one that's still under contract. And I think his contract runs out right around the same time as Marty's because they both signed an extension at the same time. Okay, that's that's what I that's what I thought. But yeah, and you said, I mean, essentially those guys are they're just an extension of the elite. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've become one of the best parts of being the elite, as far as I'm concerned. Carly freaking loves SCU. Do you, do you think with the success of like a an AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that there would be discussion within WWE of giving those guys a, a short run? As bad as the tag team division is, you know, if you really want to give the fans what they want and all that, if if that's not just lip service, which I think it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about Raw and SmackDown as we get a little bit later in the show, too, and what they're doing this week and going forward. Um, the, the, the other story that's coming out, Rick, and this is a, a very unfortunate story. Uh, that Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Jr. match that we saw at Final Battle, you remember the closing sequence of that match? Uh, I do. Where, where Gresham uh, goes for the pin and it gets blocked and Sabre reverses it and basically the same pin. Uh, evidently, Jonathan Gresham was not very happy about that because uh, the, the finish was changed. And uh, Jonathan Gresham stormed out after Final Battle. Uh, wow. Okay. So supposedly what the deal is, you remember that spot with Hangman in the main event that we were like, what the hell was that all about? Jonathan Gresham was supposed to come out and beat up Hangman, thus sticking up for Jay Lethal because they have a bunch of tag team matches and stuff scheduled going forward. But this is a crazy freaking story. Evidently, like basically an audible was called and Gresham didn't get the memo. Kind of pissed well, off. Well, I was going to say, well, it, were they aware that he was gone when they were going forward with the, that, the plan for the main event? That part I'm not really clear about. But, uh, y- you know. Or was it like, okay, uh, where the hell is Gresham? <laughs> as, as much as I like Zack Sabre Jr., uh, to me, Jonathan Gresham needs to be one of the cornerstones of Ring of Honor right now. I don't think that's the guy that I want to be pissing off. Yeah, I mean, a, a tremendous hand for you and all that. It, or do you think it was, hey, you know, that they're playing to the, the wants, the needs uh, of the New Japan star? Yeah, I just because, because ultimately, ultimately, I'm sorry, you know, that deal, that relationship is is going to it's a little more important than if Gresham is completely happy. Things seem fragile all the way around. Uh, some other good news for Ring of Honor. Well, it does seem as I, I will say this. It does seem as though that relationship is cool and everybody is cool. But I have this feeling where it's kind of one of those things where it's like you get into a fight with one of your buddies. And at the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, dude, we're cool. But, you know, you never really look at the guy the same way. Well, it seems one of those, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Uh, ROH Honor Reign Supreme Sunday, January 13th, because, you know, we need another big event in January coming to us from Concord, North Carolina, Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle for the ROH world title. Finally, that match is going to happen. Kelly Klein versus Jenny Rose, Women of Honor title on the line in a street fight. Looking forward to that one. And then this one, Rick, just I don't understand. We have the kingdom. Of course, now you're ROH six-man champions, so I understand that. But they're in a proving ground match against Hurricane Helms, the Luchasaurus, and Delirious. 
What do those guys have in common other than they all wear masks? I was gonna tell you. I was gonna say. You know, I think they're gonna. I think it'll look like a a, a good little trio. And it sounds just it sounds like it's going to be one hell of a fun match. You know what I think they need to do? I think the kingdom need to just throw down those titles and say, this six man division is stupid. We're not doing this anymore. And those guys like like their gold though. Yeah, they do like the gold. Uh Mark Haskins has signed with Ring of Honor. Of course, we saw him win the tournament over in the UK earlier this year. I think that's a good signing for ROH. He was a pretty hot commodity over there in the UK and now it is being rumored that his tag team partner Jimmy Havoc may be soon to follow if they can pull both of those guys Rick I think those are both big gets for Ring of Honor again hey this is the time where they need to be on the move you know locking up as much talent as they possibly can I think that would be a big get Lucha Underground season five has been officially announced. Huckleberry, I know that that's got to excite you greatly. You know, I've, I have never been able to get into Lucha Underground. I, uh, I, I kind of fell out a little bit during season four. I'm watching it again now because I have the entire season in my iTunes. But something just didn't feel right when they went to that new temple. But it seems as though they're going to go forward with season five. It's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. My biggest problem with season four was it was like they spent the first like third of the season writing people off. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, if if and when eventually, uh, because are there did they find out a way to cut their production value? Because it was, I mean, it was on Gali at one point, wasn't it? I, I mean, what it was costing to produce a season for them? Oh yeah, because I. It's ridiculous for being on a network like El Rey. I can't believe that they have that kind of a budget for that show. Well, and I know there was uh, there was a great deal of concern. I think going into season three, where they act, they had to make a lot of cuts, but their contracts are pretty unique too. You know, to kind of limit where and what characters we get, or what personas and where they can work. You got to think. You know, it, the longer they go, I mean, that's a major game changer. Word on the Lucha Street is that's kind of what's holding up Shane Strickland at NXT. Why he's still working some indie dates and doing a couple more MLW dates. Hmm. Uh, also, speaking of MLW, Conan versus Loki next week. Looking forward to that. Well, I think because I, I, I was over in the, uh, the MLW fan page and everybody was like, shitting all over that match like how could they do this Conan? like do, do you honestly think they don't have a plan oh of course they do of course they do and it has been that has been a hot program over there oh man court and company it's just knocking things out of the park i really enjoy me some mlw you know what else i enjoy though new japan oh yes Wrestle Kingdom is coming, Rick. You know what? I'm so excited about Wrestle Kingdom. I finally, I bought in, man. I bought in. You're like, you know, that's kind of like Christmas for you, Jargo. So you know what we're doing this year, Huckleberry? We've moved Christmas. We're actually doing Christmas over Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash this year. That's when the family Christmas is going down. There we go. It's, it's, hey, you guys, have, uh, you're a wrestling family and you love your New Japan. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Took the day off. 
Uh, let's start off. New Japan sells out the LA Globe Theater. That's the same place where PWG runs, as well as Charlotte's Grady Cole Center. 90 minutes. Hot dog. That sounds great on paper. And then you read a little bit further and you find out that this was only about 3,000 tickets that went on sale. Hold on. Where was this thing at? You broke on me. Uh, they're they're going to be running at the Globe Theater in Los Angeles, which is now where PWG is running since they've been ran okay, out okay. of Rosita. And uh, Charlotte, North Carolina at the Grady Cole Center. And in between the two or... They, they only had put like 3,000 tickets on sale. But between these two venues at capacity, I think they can only draw about 6,000 people between the two shows. Like they took a huge step back here as far as the U.S. expansion goes. Is that a hint that Kenny's not going to be on these shows? Well, I was going to say, you know, what, what are the familiar names? What are the selling points? Uh, you know, going forward, are we going to have, you know, Kenny or other members of of the elite present there or is this you know to kind of pull back and see you know what do do we really need to rely on them so much you know can we rely on you know our our stars i guess i he is their star but you you know what i'm saying yeah it's going to be interesting to see just exactly what happens with aew and if new japan pulls back a bit on this u.s expansion or if they plug full forward um friday on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, Huckleberry, we are going to have our full Wrestle Kingdom preview. Looking forward to that. That was one of our most downloaded episodes this year. How about that? Might have to see Very if 8-Track nice. uh, is around. Get get 8-Track to come on and do the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast for the Wrestle Kingdom pro, uh, preview. But, Rick, we've got the, uh, the shit-talking has commenced full bore now as Kenny Omega is taking his shots. And, you know, everything is telling me Kenny Omega is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then I read these quotes. And this is Kenny's thoughts on Tanahashi. This was told to NJPW1972.com. I'm not doing this snooze fest bullshit and calling it old school style. Calling it New Japan strong style. What an excuse. Oh, my God. The new Tanahashi. It's the same old Tanahashi. The only difference that I see is that he's trying to be trickier. Everyone is evolving. I've become an inspiration to everyone, and the people are trying to follow my lead. Tana just can't accept that. He wants to be the leader. He wants to do it his own way. The truth is, it's not his own way. He's fighting like a fucking coward. He's wrestling with tricks, stealing other people's moves, so many roll-ups. I've seen him cheat and use low blows. You're criticizing me for being a heel? What are your fucking rules, Tana? You can do whatever you want because you're the ace? What a bitch. Throw it down. Does that sound like a guy who's getting ready to leave New Japan and drop this title to you? Wow. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna bring it here, but as we're looking going forward, you know, because I'm really buying into, you know, kind of what you laid out that that Kenny's about to lose everything, that that his entire world is going to fall apart, and it's gonna just be him to rebuild himself. You've got to think he'd have to he'd have to stay there, right? I mean, where where do you where do you go to to kind of continue that? Well, things get a little bit more interesting because the interview at a- interviewer asked him, well, what do you have to say to the New Japan fans? 
And Kenny says, I want them to make preparations for their hero to fall. I'm going to use Tana's words because he would probably use it this way. I'm going to destroy your baby face and I'm going to do it like the heel that Tana wants me to be. It doesn't mean that I'm going to enjoy it, but I realize that it's something I have to do. Are we going to get like the cleaner? Uh, that's what I've been under. I've, that's what I've been assuming this entire time. I mean, going back to, you know, to the G1, when we found out this is what we're going to get. I mean, Kenny has, he hasn't been holding back at all. Uh, he's been hitting him with every shot verbally that he can. And now we have this ominous thing that's kind of hanging over this match with Abushi saying, I want to tag with you on New Year's Dash. What is going down? I'm telling you, I'm getting this feeling that Kenny's getting thrown out of the elite. The Bullet Club is going to come back to reclaim their leader. And then they're going to beat the shit out of Kenny Omega because the leader is Kota Ibushi. Well, I mean, what's your take now that they're they're pretty much acknowledging Jay White as the leader? That's the wrench in this whole damn thing. If, if fucking Tama would have just kept his mouth shut for about two goddamn weeks, this whole thing could have played out. But no! Ho, 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 ass Tama had to go and run his mouth and declare Jay White officially as the leader of the Bullet Club. What happened to there is no leader of the Bullet Club? What the fuck happened to that? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see this son of a bitch play out. Who the fuck is you? God damn it, Tama. Jeez, he's been so good this year, too. Just went and screwed the whole damn thing up. But yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more aggression out of Kenny Omega. And it's it's this interesting kind of uh, personality whenever you see the Golden Lovers together right now. Because Ibushi is so babyface and Kenny is so not. Are you ready for these two to finally explode? Well, I mean, if, if you're looking to, to really put over if Kenny is on his potentially on his way out, um, I can't think of any a better way to to even more so build up the, the, the stars you're going to have going forward. What are the odds that Billy Ray Valentine is going to get Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi at Madison Square Garden? I mean, how sweet with that? I mean, if you're talking about a major match for for that style of fan, uh, for your, you know, your indie smirk. I mean, I don't, you put that match there with, uh, with a loser leaves new Japan stipulation on it. Oh, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to have to go to fucking New York. God damn it. Let's go ahead. Let's throw things over to your Monday night raw preview. Well, Rick, these shows have already been canned. These shows were taped last week. So I guess let's go ahead. Let's start things off with last week because we haven't talked about this at all. So we, we, we have the McMahons and the McMahons come out and they do their bullshit, right? And the solution to them is more McMahons, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But why would you declare that we're going to shake things up? We're going to change things around, then do exactly the same show and... And then after that show, 
tape next week's show, which is more of the same bullshit. Why didn't they just keep their goddamn mouths shut until we got out of this holiday season and into the new year? Well, you know, it was a major dick tease because we did see uh, an increase in numbers last week. Uh, still nothing overly exciting. And, and we got that spike because, you know, oh, Vince is going to be, he's going to shake it up. Hey, I, I was over the top, but I thought it was going to be something. And then we, we all quickly learned that it was BS, that it was bullshit. And, and those that were defending it, the only defense they had is, well, it's the holidays. You have to be patient and wait. But like you're saying, then why come out and say this? You know, build build towards uh, a a game changing moment. Uh, let us know that once we get into the new year, you're going to have something special for us. But essentially, all they did last year or last week was it, it's great. You can go out there and scream, change, change, change. But on the same breath, they just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. The same garbage that that we've had. And I, this is, I don't want to spoil anything, but I hope that no one's really looking forward to tonight's Monday Night Raw or tomorrow night's SmackDown. No, but boy, am I looking forward to WWE TV this week, man. I got to admit, I am beyond excited, and I'll tell you why here in just a couple of minutes. Here's, here's what's going to go down on Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm going to go spoiler-free for those of you who don't want to know. Don't worry, your ear holes are safe. Elias versus Bobby Lashley in a miracle on 34th Street Street Fight. Doesn't that sound enticing? Rick, I, I want to go back to this thing that we've been talking about. The real feud here is Elias and Leo Rush. It's it, This doesn't even concern Bobby Lashley or his glutes. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, this seems to be about, because the ultimate payoff has to be, at some point, is Elias, you know, getting his, his shine back from Leo Rush, who... This 150-pound manager continues week after week to get the absolute best of him. So what do you do with Bobby Lashley at this point? Is is Lashley, I mean, we're, we're talking about year-end awards and everything. Is Lashley the biggest disappointment of 2018? Oh, yeah, you have to be right up there in the running. Um, so many, so many disappointments from WWE this year. But when you talk about just a swing and a miss, uh, completely missing the mark here with potential you know how many a direction that the fans wanted with him a dream match with brock lesnar and we've got a an ass pose essentially that's that's what it's come down to you know speaking of potential i read that both the alexa bliss as general manager of raw and the shane mcmahon heel turn or i should say best in the world shane mcmahon heel turn both have been scrapped because we're going this new direction with Monday Night Raw. So now what the hell do we do with Alexa Bliss? Because she's not involved in anything. Is she just on the back burner now until the Rumble? I was going to say that's probably what they're thinking because uh, it's just a kind of a naturally built in with you have so many people involved in the Rumble matches that you can, you know, you, you can quick start a, a program with someone. But outside of that, what what really is there for her? I mean, would she be best suited to, to switch brands here? Because uh, going back, I don't really see her getting inserted into a title picture. No, I have no desire to see Bliss versus Rousey again. We've seen it and, twice. And as we're getting ready for WrestleMania season, in in no way, shape, or form is that the, the hot program 
uh, for no. the women's division. No, I, I, I'm just terrified that in this Ronda Rousey push, Alexa Bliss is just going to get thrown by the wayside, kind of like Carmella has. Uh, could you see the face turn where, where we finally get the sympathetic Bliss? Where, I mean, where, where we get the... I mean, because they, they constantly run it out there on network programming with their specials involving her. Well, yeah, I mean, she is a natural baby face. For God's sake, can we... Let, let's turn Alexa Bliss baby face, and for the love of God... Like, I, I feel like this has got to be the most oversaid phrase on any of our shows over the course of the last year. Can we please turn Sasha Banks heel? For the love of freaking God, can we turn Sasha Banks heel? Oh, she's just an awful baby face, and she's ruining Bailey. As, as you bring that up, I mean, they always have, they have their out in this in this women's tag division, if we ever get it. Yeah. Uh, that is an out to occupy, to occupy, you know, a, a good chunk of that roster. Well, I mean, I, to, the reason I asked tonight on Monday Night Raw, it's going to be Bailey, Sasha, and Ember Moon taking on Mickey James, Alicia Fox, and Dana Brooke. I, really? Really? We, we, we couldn't put Alexa Bliss in there? Well, I was going to say, just that match itself, uh, that just screams going back to diva days where we're just randomly, you know, pairing them off and run them out there for, you know, these big multi, you know, and that's awful. Tag. That's awful because Bailey's better than that. Sasha's better than that. Ember's better than that. Mickey's better than that. And then you have the other two. Who'd you say it was? It's bliss and uh, Dana. No, it's Fox. Not, no, and not Dana. Fox, Fox and Dana. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so two of the six shouldn't even be on television. Right. Oh, just awful. Then we have uh, Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler. I mean, that'll be a good match because they're two good talents and they have really good chemistry together. But do we really need to see that match again right now? Like, I thought we were shaking things up. We were going to get no, new matchups no, and is, new superstars. It's a triple threat, isn't it? No. They, they said last week it was a triple threat. Did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was an outside interference thing. Maybe I read it wrong. No, that, that's no, that's what caused that. So now we're getting a triple threat. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. That's where I got that from. I did, I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Right. I did not watch Raw or SmackDown last week because I knew they were going to be awful. Uh, Ronda Rousey is going to take on Natalia for the Raw Women's Championship. I look forward to that. I bet you that'll be a good match. Uh, Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal. Because I know that we're all dying for that on Christmas Eve. How about that one, Huckleberry? It's the reunion of two of the three man band. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say, uh, you know, looking at that, it's not enough reason to tune in. But I bet you it's going to get some pop when they get a reference to uh, to their, their history. Doesn't that damage Drew? Uh, I would I wouldn't have Drew as any part of that actual. Moment. I know, but even and bringing I make, up, I would make bringing up that I'd make history. Very mention, little mention of it. I mean, just to me, Heath Slater versus Jinder Mahal. The way this match should end is Drew McIntyre murdering both of them. That's the way no, this you match should you end. Want, you know, you don't want him or anywhere around those two. Oh. And then you know, because I wouldn't even, even ignore. I would just have it be so subtle that you'd have to really be looking for it to get some kind of reference to it. 
And then, you know, two weeks ago, Seth Rollins came out and he told us all how bad Monday Night Raw was. And then your main event ended up being Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Well, tonight in a big shakeup, it's going to be your main event of Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Let's do it again. God damn it. Uh, So I'm hearing this uh, thing about Seth Rollins that uh, Vince McMahon's not very happy with him. And we talked about that here last week on the locker room about why that match sucked. Uh, And last week on Raw, we got this very apologetic Seth Rollins. Rick, are you buying into this D push of Seth Rollins and then this correlating with another report that we're going to get a push for Finn Balor finally? Yeah, it was kind of weird how those ran together. And, and I, right from the get-go, I, I really wasn't buying it. Uh, that, that Vince Mc, Well, this extends back to that Vince McMahon was upset with both Ambrose and Rollins over the reaction that their match received. He should be mad LP. at whoever laid out that card and the agents. I was going to say, I mean, because they essentially they go out there. Uh, they were in a rough spot. You know, The show was at six hours at that point, right around there. Uh, they were following up a, a great match between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And then they essentially go out there and, and wrestle the same the same story within the match. Yep. And and actually they had a little less intensity where between Rollins and Ambrose, this thing is a blood feud. I mean, it should have been violent from the get-go. Instead, you get a collar and elbow tie-up. I mean, and, and to me, that falls as much on the agent and, as it does on the talent. The were tired, and they turned on it. So that that falls on you know who's putting those things together. Like you said, you know how how do we not know the flow throughout that card? Uh, what was the agent that kind of dropped the ball on that thing? I don't know. There's a lot. I, I just don't think you can you can actually blame uh, the talent uh, unless they unless it was them who put the match together. But this show is going to fall flat and people are going to shit all over it because they're tuning in and expecting to see a shakeup and fresh new matchups. And they're just not here, man. Well, this, it, this is the same show we saw a couple of weeks ago. And as you're going, as you're reading off, you know, the preview, the complete match card, uh, I'm looking over here at WWE.com. Last week, they promised us more hands on McMahon, right? From the McMahons. Are they even on the show? No, they're not mentioned anywhere. I mean, now we don't know what we're going to get backstage as far as any kind of vignettes or backstage segments, anything like that. But I mean, this, this just does not sound good to me. And, and my other understanding is they only filmed two hours. So that means there's going to be an hour worth of bullshit in the show. Video recap packages and slammy awards in, and all kinds well, of crap. In, three, in, three, in a three-hour period. What, what is that? The average commercial time? Uh, well, it's like basically 17 minutes on the hour. So, I mean, 45 minutes roughly. Okay. So they, so you got 45 minutes, so you don't have to really add in that much. If you've got two hours of content that was there. Yeah, I guess it just just seems really, really short because they filmed it with no commercials, of course. Right. So you're pulling, you got to pull out that 45 immediately. All right. uh, I'll give you that one shill victory show. And hopefully they realize we just had a, an audience sitting through the night before through six hours of it. Now you're going to give them a three hour roll, a, a two hour and main event. So that's another six hours for an audience. that's you know, that's there live in attendance and headlined by Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. 
Ouch. Jeez, Pete. Ouch. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually stuck around. Yeah, well. Well, you know, it, it was it is nice for open though. for business. <laughs> it, it, it was. It will be nice because they were on the West Coast. So yeah, that's true. It wasn't you know, that like, late. They were still out of there by 10 o'clock. Right. So, you know, if they had been here on the East Coast, you know, those those poor SRBs would have been getting out of there until 1230. Right. Yeah, that would have been awful. Uh, Smackdown Live also taped. <laughs> Had to throw that one in there. Nice little jab. New Day and the Good Brothers take on The Bar and Sanity in an eight-man tag match. Mustafa Ali versus Andrade Cien Almas. That one almost has me intrigued enough to tune in to watch, but I'm not sure uh, anybody I, will care. Well, I'm just going to say it's not really a spoiler, but I guess there's something that went down in there that we could have an injury from that match. Uh, a pretty good scare. Oh, shit. Uh, Miz TV with Shane McMahon as the special guest. Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe. And Rusev Day on Christmas Day as he takes on Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship. Um, I think that spoiler is pretty well out there. I think everybody kind of knows that it's going to be Rusev Day on Tuesday. Uh, Rick, I, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, neither one of these really read like they're going to be very good shows. Uh, yeah, these, these, these pretty much scream, uh, daily motion the next day. Guess what? WWE taped, taped it in two hours. That's awesome because it's going to take me 20 minutes to watch it. So what do we do? What, what do you do going forward? I mean, because Vince is promising a big shakeup. What's the first thing that you do to let people know, okay, we're taking this seriously. We're changing things. And here's step number one, other than firing page. Well, you know, where does it make sense to fire her at too? I mean, it doesn't, well, they, they already haven't did. built her up. As a, She's been removed as the general manager of SmackDown. So what, what, what the hell do you do with page? I must've missed that. <laughs> Yeah, they they removed her as the general manager of SmackDown on Tuesday. So Paige basically has no job right now. The first thing that I would do, I'm sending Renee Young's ass to SmackDown. All right, no more Corey Graves on fucking SmackDown. I'm sending Renee Young to SmackDown, and I'm putting Paige on commentary with Mitchell Cole and fucking Graves. Because, you know, as much as Renee Young sits there and takes Graves' shit, Paige ain't going to. I don't know if I want her on. Oh, I couldn't stand or listen to it, but I'm, I'm sure that there's some people that would actually enjoy that. But then you got a woman commentator on both shows and Graves ain't working both shows because Graves is so oversaturated at this point. I want I would just want to punch him in the throat. Um, I know. I just wonder how much longer she has in the company now. I mean, with that obvious, um, that movie is getting terrible reviews. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's very good, does it? What else would you do, Huckleberry? What's what's one of the first things that you would do when it comes to Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live? Well, I, I think you know it, it's not something that we really need. It, it, I've got I've got such a bitter taste of how they've already started this thing, uh, and what really set me off is that they the, when they did that group promo package instead of coming up with compelling and creative ways to introduce individuals. Going forward, you know, they just roll that out there. To me, hey, you got, you got, there's one chance for that first impression that 
that's going to make this thing stick. And they fell flat on their face when they came out. Uh, it, right now, it's it's more about, you know, don't let me hear about it. You need to be about it. We need to seriously see the elevation of, of some different talent, get other individuals, you know, into the mix. Stop giving me the same match time and time again. And it's it's don't talk about it. Be about it. When it comes to the NXT call-ups, do you see a whole lot for any of them? I mean, EC3 just screams main event to me on Monday Night Raw. Well, you see, that's another thing, too. I, I can't remember where I was having the conversation. Someone was like, well, you had to do that promo package because I don't, a lot of people won't know who he is. That's the thing with EC3. Even if you don't know him, when you look at him, he screams I'm WWE star. superstar. Yeah. Yes. And you could run him out with very little introduction. People are going to, they're going to be intrigued and want more to learn more about him. I'm just terrified that they're going to bring him in as a baby face. I, you know, at first I would kind of, uh, I let him go with that tweener role, hmm. you know, and as, as people learn who he is a little bit, uh, but we've seen how much that backfired for Bobby Roode when they just got about the entrance and, you know, where he's at now. What do you think of Lacey Evans? And where would you put her? Uh, I, I think she is probably. Because <sighs> I, I mean, Lacey's going to one show and Cross is going to the other one, right? Right. Do you keep Nikki Cross with Sanity or do you split them up? Well, it looks like the intention is to split them up. If she go, if Cross goes to SmackDown. It, it, it would almost just seem uneasy that you wouldn't have any kind of ties between those two. Yeah, I'd almost say a cross on Raw. Uh, I, you know, maybe you get into an extended program with her and Riot revisiting that, uh, who worked so well together. Uh, that that would get attention. Uh, but I, I think Lacey's probably going to be better suited for for SmackDown. And I, I think she's going to have an opportunity where that character could work in a sports entertainment setting. I think she's the next iconic. I think I think that's going to basically be her ceiling. I think she is going to be lower mid card of the women's division. Heavy machinery. Oh, I, I don't see her ever being anything more than we need a, a stopgap program for the champ or anything like that. But that doesn't mean you can't have a successful career. Heavy machinery, I assume, goes to Monday Night Raw because of the comedy aspect. Uh, and, I, and we need a heavy hitter for the AOP. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And that leaves Lars, who I guess I I still think I send Lars to SmackDown and you make the Goat Brothers with Lars Sullivan as Daniel Bryan's muscle and backup. And in those week after week visual of him next to Bryan just does him all the favors in the world because uh, it, the presentation of it. Now, I said at the beginning of this segment that I was very, very excited for WWE TV this week. And Rick, I was not lying because tonight after Monday Night Raw, you get the real main event. Oh, yeah. Deputy Dango is back alongside Sheriff Tyler and the Fashion Files have returned. WWE Network News is reporting that WWE will be debuting a new Fashion Files series on WWE Network. Fashion Files Cold Case Unit is set to premiere on WWE Network on Monday, December 24th at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time after Monday Night Raw. The first episode 
will revolve around the incident in which Kevin Owens was pie-faced a couple of years ago. We're finally going to get to the bottom of who hit Kevin Owens in the face with the pie. Rick, this is going to be the fucking highlight of WWE TV this week, and I cannot wait for the return of the Fashion Files. On the flip side, though, that doesn't mean anything serious going forward for your boy. Yeah, we'll see about that. Man, you know what? Speaking of, I really wish he would have beat Ambrose for that fucking title on Monday Night Raw. And I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but that's the level that the Intercontinental title should be at. Like, and why the hell would Seth Rollins just stand there ringside and all that shit and at no point interfere in the fucking match? It actually would have done it would have done favors all around. All the uh, way which, around. What you could have had it done there is you had Dean the night before steal, you know, Rollins' Intercontinental Championship. So he comes out and returns the favor. So now it intensifies their blood feud because they both have robbed each other of championship gold in WWE. On the flip side of that, the title goes to a, a workhorse in Tyler Breeze. You can go out there and, and put on week after week. He can highlight what he can do in the ring. He's getting the shine from the title. We're getting it exposed to a new crop of individuals instead of the same old, same old each and every week. Another example, prime example of how a complete swing and miss uh, coming out of the gate for this shakeup. It's very interesting. I was having a great conversation yesterday with Mr. William Alicia. We'll wrap up with this. Um, the Intercontinental Championship in both companies, New Japan Pro Wrestling and the WWE, the entire meaning of the damn thing has been completely lost. All right. You got Seth Rollins running around with the damn thing for the majority of the year. Other than that, you have the Miz running around with the damn thing and you have Brock Lesnar with the universal championship just gone. So that raises the stock of the intercontinental championship to the main event level of Monday night raw. And in doing so, it has completely eliminated the mid card on Monday night raw. Can't argue that on the other on the other hand, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you have Chris freaking Jericho holding the IWGP Championship hostage. So they have no mid-card championship, so they've been forced to elevate talents like Switchblade Jay White to the freaking main event when they're not ready for it yet, and they should be at the Intercontinental level. The Intercontinental Championship has ruined the mid-card in both companies two completely opposite ways. Damn it. True, true. Anything else that you wanted to talk about this week in the world of professional wrestling, Huckleberry? I know this is a short show, ladies and gentlemen, especially for Huckleberry and I, but you know what? It's 9.30 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Throw me a freaking bone here, Okay. Hey, let's get ready uh, for the holidays here, man. Let's, let's, let's shut it down. So that's going to wrap things up for your Monday locker room and this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then search hitting the marks on your favorite podcast listening device to find RBV and I. And then you can find us at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. Rick, I said last week that we weren't going to do it, that there was not going to be a HTM sports this week. And then absolute freaking craziness broke out in the NFL yesterday. 
Oh, some some great gridiron action. Actually, uh, when we wrap up here, I'm going to go through uh, for the, a lot of the games that I wasn't able to watch and try to hit up every highlight in, in preparation for the next time that we're going to talk about this. You want to do it tomorrow? Want to do tomorrow? Let, let's see tomorrow or uh, Wednesday. Hmm. Let's do it. Well, shit. What is Wednesday? Is there anything going on on Wednesday? I don't know. Uh, no. Day after Christmas. All right. We'll do it Wednesday. Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A very special edition of HTM Sports. Yes, we'll do it on Wednesday because then we can do the NBA Christmas Day games when the official kickoff to the NBA season. Oh, boy. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. But after that weekend in the NFL. Oh, my God. Everything is falling apart. Nobody wants to win the AFC and I'm starting to think that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Things are just absolutely insane. So that'll wrap things up for this week's show. Find us on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find me at NotJargo. RBV, tell the people how to find you. Well, I think I'm going to be, uh, I don't know how much active I'm going to be, but you can keep an eye out for me at the real RBV. I think here for the next couple hours, I'm going to hang it up, put another blanket on, and go back to bed. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll talk to you Friday with your Wrestle Kingdom preview. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! I am Santa Claus! Ho, 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 ho! Travels the